Yes, hello. It's Jason Louve. Welcome back to the Ultra Culture Podcast, the ever expanding, ever accelerating, ever improving, and ever more awesoming Ultra Culture Podcast. So, my guests today are the Ghost Maidens. They are Twitch performance artists. I think that's the best way to describe them. They do kind of nonstop, long form, off the wall performances on. Twitch. They talk about paranormal investigating. They sing songs. That's kind of like a paranormal cyber, you know, cyber witch vaudevillian act. They're super cool. I've been on their Twitch channel a couple times. If you want to go check that out, talking about the first one was just talking about the John D book. And I think the second one was just goofing off a lot of fun. So, but you will definitely enjoy this interview. We talk about the shamanic and magical nature of performing on Twitch, which is a completely new art form, which very few people are doing outside of using it as a gaming platform. This conversation went surprisingly deep, and we ended up talking about 60s art collectives and and Antonin Artaud and all kinds of great stuff, the theater of cruelty. You're really going to enjoy it. So I will let the Ghost Maidens speak for themselves just wanted to thank all the students that came to this weekend's Introduction to Magic course, the Introduction to Magic live event. It was awesome. We redefined magic. We met in VR to do rituals. We had a great time. The event is now closed, sadly, so hopefully you got your ticket and saw us in class. If not, maybe it will come back again in the future. But for now, it is turned off. However, magic.me is still chock full of awesome courses like the Adept Initiative, where you can learn everything about magic, meditation, and mysticism boiled down to the bare essentials so that you can empower yourself and blast off into our bizarre yet opportunity-filled 21st century. It's magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. There's tons there and there's tons more coming. So there has never been a better time to jump in and join us. All right, I will see you in class and here's the Ghost Maidens. Hello, Maidens. Thank you for being on the podcast. It is nice to see you again after we have done at least two, two whole Twitch streams together. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We have. So tell, tell us about who, who you be and who, what you be doing. Well, we are the ghost maidens and, uh, we, for the last two years, yeah, two or two and a half years, we have, but we started as. Uh, paranormal investigators on social media mostly and ever since we've evolved into being virtual artists who do stand-up comedy and improvisation yeah but we definitely uh, we definitely still include all those elements it's just we got into the world of streaming and we feel very comfortable there and uh yeah we do all sorts of paranormally themed theatrical performances video games, uh, haunted history, art, interviews, live paranormal uh, investigations, ghost hunts, dance, (laughs) and all with a soft erotic flavor. It's an amazing stream. I find it extremely entertaining. So it's kind of like a a combination of gaming 
interviews and vaudeville musical numbers. It's pretty, it's, it's exactly, you, you have a very unique and amazing aesthetic. I dig it. I've enjoyed being on it. Thank you. So, thank you. It means a lot. Yes, yes, you're quite <laughs> welcome. Tell us about the paranormal. Okay, it, it, we'll just kick it off like this. What is the craziest? I'm assuming it's the the spiders in the attic incident. But what is the craziest paranormal mm. investigation you have been on, and how did that go? Well, there is a couple of ways to answer that question. I think the craziest paranormal investigation we ever did was also the most boring one which was in a in a in an art gallery here in our hometown uh because it I don't think it's a place where people would do a paranormal investigation you wouldn't not expect to do one there uh but it was also very boring because we were trying to look for meaning basically in in this empty space where where art is uh curated we didn't find any unfortunately which was also a little bit like the it was a joke. Well, well, this sounds like basically just going to an art gallery. It's it's very boring. You're looking for meaning that and you don't was, find any. <laughs> that was kind of the meaning behind it, where you the only meaning you bring to an art gallery is, is the one inside of yourself. And that's also yeah. our kind of thing with hauntings. If you don't know the history, if you don't know where to place yourself within this thing, then it's not going to be exactly that haunted. But also I will add that it's been lockdown for the last two years, so mm-hmm. we haven't really gotten to go on that many uh, paranormal investigations. Uh, so yeah, now that yeah. everything is uh, opening back up, we're really going to go for it now. We're planning on going to some in uh, the United States. Ah, what's yeah. what's on the menu? Haunted hotel rooms. Yeah, we got a lot of those. Maybe we can find any near Las Vegas or in yeah. Florida. Yeah, definitely. So what about other ones? I mean, you must have at some point had some type of paranormal experience on your adventures, or would you say that the real paranormal experience was the friends you made along the way? Yeah, exactly. I think just be just deciding to be an artist is the most paranormal thing you can kind of do. These, these sort of artistic revelations, I would say are paranormal in nature, divine intervention, divine frenzy, all of these things are are the most paranormal to me making connections intuitions yeah. like that's that's paranormal for me i had my most impressive paranormal moments when i was very deep into a creative process how so, how so uh, normally when i'm at the end the end phase or the end stage of working on a project when everything seems to connect that's when the craziest stuff happens and this is only meaningful for me like there's there's one time i think i was working on the musical yeah, and this was also something with spiders. There was like a spider song. I don't, I don't really remember what it was exactly, but then I saw like a black piece of tar dripping from my window. I didn't know what it was, and immediately I just felt like there was spider gods watching me, and everything seemed to align. And then I called Sybil, please take away the 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 angry eye from my from my ceiling. And she was. Rose, it's a piece of tar dripping from your window, from your roof. Or is it? But it it was absolutely paranormal to me. Well, yeah, meaningless for any other. Person. But well, <laughs> yeah. well, not for me because we ended up talking about the spider gods a lot. I think. So, well, did this did this lead into the spider gods in the attic incident? It was pre spider god. This was pre spider god, yeah. but the spider god keeps coming back somehow. So w- yeah. this was like the spider god was just announcing itself for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, or maybe second, or maybe the first time I paid attention. Maybe the spider god has always been there, and you just never noticed. You just never noticed before. 
I I definitely have a have a connection with the spider goddess. Also, my limbs are way too long, and it's a it's representation related. of of all the things happening is with intuition and and your spider senses and being on the yeah. internet and everything being connected and the web and like it's 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 yeah. for no reason that all of these things are like um verbally and visually kind of used as a as a metaphor but is it a metaphor because there was the spider goddess was confronted in the attic at one point right as as a metaphor okay you're being you're being coy rose takes her (laughs) metaphors very seriously but it's not just a metaphor for me for me a metaphor is a it's it's um not real but as relevant as real things. Which are not very relevant anymore. Uh, unreal things are much more relevant these days, I think. I, I th- for me, for me, for me, sometimes, yes. Yeah. All right. So you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be coy about the spider goddess. Okay. It was but it, it is real and you did see it and it did manifest and it was in the attic. You can yeah. neither confirm yeah. nor deny, but but what what do you want me to say? Like, yeah, there is a spider yes. goddess. Like, in, in, <laughs> yes, in real I do. Life, want you to IRL. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there there were IRL spider goddesses was inside in, my body, inside of her yeah. body. Did, yeah, she was a vessel for the spider energy that yeah. uh, came. You out. are the spider goddess. But I don't think there is a spider goddess. I created a spider goddess. Yeah, and that's just like an old thought form that is thousands years old. That's as old as humanity, or as old as people know about spiders or have their shape inside their system like an egregore like yeah. a spider egregore. exactly well that's the definition of magic right there i mean it's like you you yeah. you make something up you think you make something up but then you find out that you've actually tapped into a pre-existing thought form yeah. it's like thousands exactly. of years old and then exactly. it gets it gets all too real yeah yeah and then they keep on coming back these 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 manifestations or these shapes or these egregores and then you're uh, you're a spider goddess overnight I will probably, as an old person, I will, I will probably be even more of a spider than I am right it's now. Just a, it's a process. I will probably slowly turn into a spider <laughs> throughout my life. So <laughs> we will see. So yeah, but that is that. No, that is really interesting though, because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are artists, and defining the, in my way of thinking, art and magic are the same thing, and. It re- yeah, you really manifesting absolutely, yeah. and and in addition to manifesting, when you get into the artistic trance, the flow state of creating, that's when weird stuff can happen. Like you're you're talking about, yeah. you have writers talking about, you know, the 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 character, you know, they're writing a book, and then first they're writing the yeah. character, and then the character is writing itself, and or a painting just comes out, or something just happens, and it's like they're not in conscious control of it, they're just channeling it, and I think pretty much yeah. all really good art is probably done that way, so I feel that artists, whenever I interact with artists and talk about stuff, artists immediately understand magic, I don't need to explain it to them, Yeah, you know, they get it, they don't need to go like Reddit mode, like, well, you don't have any scientific studies to back that up, it's like, no, of course I don't, well, actually, we do now, we've been collating science, we've been how many pages of scientific studies do we find on meditation? Um, 1,809. 1,809 studies of meditation on it's on JSTOR. Many. Pages of studies, mm-hmm. not studies. That was on JSTOR or PubMed? Uh, PubMed. PubMed, yeah. So uh, I take that back. There is a lot of scientific research on this. But you know how people, they get reddity. They get... 
you know. Yeah, we have so many like actually in our chat that it's like, you know, that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah, talk about being on Twitch because that must be awesome and awkward and weird at the same time, maybe hopefully mostly awesome. I remember when you first got me on your stream, you explained it to me as it's all about play and I thought that was like really kind of awesome and heartwarming. Yeah, it's it's also there are consequences for everyone watching you on their computer and also having all the resources possible at their fingertips so they can literally prove you wrong at any second or like mm. uh actually it's not that and then we kind of have to take that in stride or fight them about it or be like fight me you know like cuz there's just hundreds of people chatting at you and uh either either they're there and they understand and they're willing to play or they're willing to 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 cause chaos so <laughs> what what is causing chaos uh, like? some, sometimes sometimes i feel i feel like a like a teacher in front of a group of <laughs> of, of teenagers yeah sometimes i feel like i'm a, a a priest preaching to the parish sometimes i feel like a, a mom who is just getting dinner for her children and it's it's funny to have all these roles mm-hmm and i that's one thing i really enjoy about twitch is that you get to just explore all these roles for a, for a, for a some some only for one stream some come back like also we've been dominatrixes sometimes and this is something that comes from us but it also comes from the audience and there's just this this it, this feels magical like the thing that 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 meets in the middle like something we throw at them and they give back at us and i think the final the result of this of this art piece so to speak that's that's how i see it i think that's the that's the the middle the communication the interaction between us yeah we we and, had yeah. no idea what was going to happen when we showed up as grandmas and i couldn't believe the yeah feedback we got from showing up as old ass grandmothers and we just put chat in a position to be like you're visiting your grandmother. What do you yeah. have to say? What so what was the what was the response to that? Well, well, yeah, well, at a certain point Sybil was eating a biscuit <laughs> and and then I don't know, like she tapped into a grandmother. I tapped into my grandmother and or so, all the grandmothers in the world. And yeah. they lick their biscuits. They have a weird tongue. Grandmothers always have like a weird tongue. They they make their biscuits soggy before they so, eat them. So it eventually it was just a stream of us licking biscuits for two hours <laughs> and 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 then that that was the content but now like this biscuit thing became its own egregore yeah and now these grandmothers are almost people that other people from all over the world know about yeah. and can interact with and there are some of these characters that keep come keep on coming back in our streams yeah I kind of feel like persons in a way yeah like people wow so so sides of so what but what was pe- yeah. what, you know like when you were doing that's amazing when you were <laughs> i was just trying not to completely disrupt the podcast by laughing really hard about the the biscuits <laughs> that's it's amazing laughing is allowed oh, good okay yeah. thank you. well yeah. <laughs> but what was what in the ch- i mean do you feel like you tapped into some primal need there of people for the grandmother figure or like what how are people responding yeah yeah i think like it's it's unlike other performance where the whole time we can see ourselves like we can see ourselves on the screen in front of us so 
it actually helps me disassociate with myself. If I, if I don't recognize the, the thing I'm seeing and in the reflection, I can go even harder in a character. I can totally lose myself because I also know what they see. And, and, and then in that case, then I'm like, oh, how would a grandmother walk? And I can kind of test it out as I'm doing this improv on stream. And it's a completely different way of like doing stuff because I, I am aware of what people are seeing. Do you feel like there's something about live performance that, and I guess just not not just live performance, but live performance on the internet in real time with broadband video, which has never been really possible till recently, that allows that feedback loop to happen and the allows the magic and the manifestation to happen, basically. Well, I think the 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 fact that you're not in the same room together, which is the like the definition of theater, like if you go to Aristotle all the way back, it's like sharing sharing time sharing space and and sharing like a, an activity together like i don't know how to say it in english perfectly but this is the old the old way of doing of doing theater and now with the internet we don't share a space anymore but i think that makes the the time that you're sharing even more important yeah so the i think the idea of being able to influence someone who is not sharing a space with you, but is sharing time with you becomes even more magical. And I think therefore yeah. the, their performance itself becomes about the, the, the wonder of being able to co- still communicate with each other, still influence each other in this way. So I think that as an art form, this medium just offers the, the, the co- completely new spectrum of, of what is possible in in performance, I think. Yeah. Because it's it's more about communication that, that any other theater form has been so far, I think. Yeah, and the people that are on Twitch also are, are very willing to play with us and yes. play along and and yes. uh, you know get sucked into the narrative or whatever or or make jokes. It's it's very it can be very playful. So you cannot really plan it also, yeah. not completely. That's so interesting. So so yeah. It's like curated reality. <laughs> As you're explaining that, it's all making it's making a lot of sense. I've, and I, I had never thought of Twitch as, you know, a, an art form until basically I met both of you. And, and and as you're explaining it now, that's that makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering, it makes me think, you know, especially in theater, there is definitely there's definitely an approach or a benefit to wearing masks where when you wear a mm. mask, you feel free to be yourself. And I'm wondering if maybe the internet forms a s- somewhat analogous function in the sense that you may not be wearing a mask unless you know, you're playing a role and you are we- wearing a mask, but you are essentially masked from the audience because you can't really see them and you're in your own you're able to perform in your own comfort in your own comfort zone, your own house or or whatever, mm-hmm. and you are having a feedback loop from be, between you and the audience. But there's basically a safe barrier of protection between you, where you're separated by the internet. And I found that in I don't do Twitch, but when I teach live courses on Magic.me, there's definitely something that happens where I feel totally free to essentially manifest what I want to manifest and that, you know, I can teach and something comes through me that doesn't come through when I'm just like recording something rather than doing it live. 
Yeah. And I'd say that it's even more than just a, an actor or whatever performing in front of an audience because everyone has a voice on on uh, Twitch, for example. Yeah. You can read everyone's thoughts. Everyone can participate from their own home. And they can throw some things at you that you wouldn't expect where normally an audience has to be mostly well-behaved. And we we allow them, we grant them the the power to boo us, to applause, to make all these sound effects in our stream as well, to kind of play with that. So they can they can boo us. Why, why did you make that? Five hundred for five for high for, for five hundred dollars. <laughs> they can, they, can, they can pay to make <laughs> us feel bad. Yeah, they can yeah. pay to make us feel bad or better, whatever they want. Why, why did you decide to do it that way? Was that from? Did, did that just evolve out of the process of doing it, or how did you how did you end up? choosing to do it that way the more interaction the better it's just it's just also it's this the same rules still apply as from from traditional theater like uh you you can still create dramatic situation yeah and it is an extremely dramatic situation when we are saying one thing and our audience is like against us so we have to constantly play with like now we are a pact or we're a pact with the audience or sometimes it's audience to get audience against us and if you give them the power to also revolt against you, <laughs> then that can create really, really interesting, dramatic situations. Yes. Wow. So would you say there's an aspect to it where you're kind of channeling the audience and whatever your characters you're manifesting or situations oh, yeah. is kind of coming sure. from them in a way? Definitely. I, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like it's completely them and we are just, we are just vessels or we're just there for them to throw s stuff at. Those are not necessarily always my favorite streams, but they definitely get get interesting when they take over. And you can, can you immediately tell when we are losing control over the conversation, mm -hmm. or when chaos in in their in their in their comments uh, starts to rise, or when it becomes too negative, and then we're we're out of control. And this these are always the the most interesting moments also because then yeah. real life and real human interaction uh, shows itself. Yeah. We also have trolls and so. then we can no longer wear a mask. Yeah. So does that mean you just have, have to shut it? You trolls, just have to shut yeah. it down at that point or what happens when it, it gets to that danger zone? This is where like the rules, the morality, the ethics of Twitch comes in. That's yeah. really hard. And this is why they create mods. And yeah. you basically, we designate certain people to be able to have power in the channel to uh, do all sorts of things. For example, kick people out of the chat room or uh, politics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What kind politics. of, uh, what kind of society do we want to be? Yeah, exactly. So what kind of society do we want to be? That is that this is, this just keeps getting more. This is really, really so fascinating. Basically all of our mods have been created because they are the funniest. Okay. Uh, so we reward comedy. comedy, comedy. Yeah. We reward comedy with power. <laughs> Just, just all, like the, just like a, we do this in America, you know, the, the comedians have the most media power or look at Ukraine. That is really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. funny how that works. Because they, they also, it's in order to be funny or to, to see nuance, like that, that's what comedy is. There's a lot of truth involved in comedy. So the funnier the people are, the more ability they have to see in between the nuance or what people or understand say in chat. context yeah and yeah. context is very important so we've made all the funniest people we've met along the way we've kept them as our mods 
And uh, yeah, we have a special mod room in the Discord where we were. It's they're like the elite of of our of our channel, and we call them our nocturnal nights. Yeah, <laughs> they must love that. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah. So it's interesting you're talking about you were talking about the ethics of Twitch and what society, what kind of society do we want to be? And I immediately started thinking, you know, in the last two years, I think that one of the biggest effects of COVID is that, you know, quite a bit of the world has simply transitioned to living online and not just living online, but now the online world is the real world and the public commons and the offline world is the, you know, the world that doesn't matter as much because the whole world doesn't see it. It feels the, the real world feels unreal disconnected absolutely yeah that's a much better word yeah yeah absolutely so when you were saying what kind of you know you're you're working out ethics and morals and civic structures in twitch comments that's Mm -hmm. probably pretty real going forward which was immediately what i was thinking it's like that's not just a yeah the laws of a community like in in a real social structure way not in just necessarily a because immediately I, I laughed, but then I was like, no, that's actually probably 100% true for, for the, the whole society going forward. Not necessarily in Twitch comments, but just how do we, how do we, how do we be a society that is completely lived online? Yeah. Yeah, we, be, we, we become a society online, I think. So what? Like that, it's just a place with, 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 with the, its own rules and with its own ethics and its own uh, system of punishment of uh, yeah of reward and i think it's very important to think about these things yeah rose is rose loves rules so she's i i hate rules but i love thinking about rules yeah she she loves to uh you know of course what what kind of community do we want to be do we want to do we want to have to ban people I don't want to ban people. But yeah, at, at the beginning, we didn't want to ban people. But then we've realized that actually it's a necessity in order to keep other people having a good time. And you, no one wants... It's the same rules that apply in a theater. If you walk into a theater and start shouting crazy things, everyone else is going to have a bad time. So yeah. for the sake of maintaining the atmosphere, you have to get rid of these people. Yeah, that that's definitely... That's sad. It's yeah. sad. But it's also kind of what the whole world has been struggling with over the last ten years: with social media and banning and things like this. And I guess the, the day yeah. we're recording this, Elon Musk is initiating a hostile takeover of Twitter to try and control the entire company. Oh, oh right. Really? I mean, his whole first he bought a bunch of shares in it, and then he decided to step away from the board, and now he's decided he just wants to hostily take over the entire company because a coup. What's that? A coup. a coup, yeah, and a coup, <laughs> and I, I don't know, and uh, I'm a Dutch it's person. funnier. It's funnier the way you say it, and and he's saying he's doing this because it's necessary to protect free speech. Although you could certainly also make the alt- alternate ar- argument that oligarchs controlling the means of expression is basically what killed the newspaper business and is very bad mm. for free speech. So, and it's, hmm. it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of that, but yeah, just kind of free associating 
And so, but but free speech. That's that's. I think that's uh, another another thing that we have to think about a lot, and something that is kind of scary of being being ha- having your 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 uh, livelihood and, online and being an artist and being an yeah. artist. Like we have to be really careful with what we say. How yeah. so? Because these these algorithms they just take out certain words. Like if you if you say a word, a bad word, like someone can report you. Yeah. Or like there's even algorithms who can hear you say some words and they don't have context. So everything you say can be pulled out of context and you can get reported for that. Yeah, we have to be very careful of the terms of service on Twitch where it's yes. like everything is TOS. You can't talk about this, you can't talk about this. There's very you weird cannot show things. your feet. <laughs> can't show your feet. If you show your ass and you're in a swimsuit, you have to be next to a, some sort yeah. of water. Like it's like you're, 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 if you want to show your feet, you need to also show enough water to hold your feet. Is it, this is <laughs> like real. This is sort of weird, can you, weird. Can you stuff. show ankle? And it's also it's fu- it's fun to play with that. Also, it's also fun to play. Yeah, with, to but, to boil down the, yeah. the the bureaucracy of of of, of rules. It's also you you make new art with doing just that so you you, you feel like some artistic tension comes out of that where you push back against that oh yeah okay. as much yeah, as we can but we we definitely have to be careful yeah yeah this is like victorian england rules or something you can't show feet hopefully you can show ankle but yeah may, maybe not even that i don't know uh, <laughs> uh, pushing it pushing it pushing yeah. it yeah, it makes us question all the time of like, well, we're allowed to do all these things on the Internet, but there's some things that we don't like about it. It's like Instagram or whatever. It's just yeah. like nothing is ever 100 percent great anymore. It's just kind of what are you willing to sacrifice to be an Internet person? You know? Yeah. So are you on balance happy with how that's been working out? For the most part on Twitch, yeah. And it's just, you know, they let us cuss and, and that's great. And you know, we have to like make sure that if we're wearing something crazy, we have to have some nipple coverage because if a nip were to slip out, that would be the end of our Twitch career. Pretty this much. happened. It happened. Yeah. Does the algorithms it immediately happened. spot that, or do people report it? No, people this clip is a it. Job. People clip wow. it, record it immediately, uh, send it to Twitch. What? You know, they'll they'll do whatever they can to immediately. Like if it's just up to the algorithm, the algorithm always identifies like a copywritten songs in our vibe which is not really twitch's fault twitch is trying to protect us from dmca takedowns so it's basically like telling us in your vod oh there's there's copyright music if you leave it up there's a risk that you might get a dmca copyright takedown so there's that's algorithm but for the most part we have to worry the most about disgruntled trolls or people or clipping twitch something staff, like people twitch from staff. twitch they investigate people they can hang out in our chat sometimes they're like not allowed dark- like dark uh, yeah. figures who like hang out in your chat and they don't say anything even when you when you call them. Like, <laughs> yeah, they don't say anything. You can see that it's, it's like Twitch, the Twitch staff, secret police. They don't communicate with you. We we can't mm-hmm. have any links to OnlyFans. Uh, we're not even supposed to mention it. Uh, we we secret can't like word. yeah we can't really sell things on Twitch. So at the moment we have like you can buy a song from us, which technically is a buying an object, which is not really allowed. But you could argue about that. And so there's there's a lot of things, you know, but mostly we just have to worry about people reporting us for something they take out of context of what we've does said. That cause, does that result in a lot of background anxiety? 
Not yet. No, but we're also not big streamers. Yeah, we're not huge. So uh, I'm sure it will get worse. But also, that's the reason why people come to our channel is because we're a little bit unhinged. <laughs> In- amazingly, yes. yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I, I really love your stream. So, or your, what do you call it? Your, tw- your Twitch channel? Stream, Twitch yeah. Stream, yeah. Yeah. yeah, your channel. Yeah. Our content. Your, your, yeah, yeah great, great content. Content makers. Yeah, content anchors. <laughs> is that what you said? Content okay, makers, I thought you said content so. anchors. That sounded all, like some all kind of artists hate thing. being referred to as content makers. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. <laughs> Paranormal influencers, yeah. content creators. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> what would you say the average age is on Twitch, at least on your stream? Is it is it actually like all thirteen year old Minecraft players, or is it different? There, no, you can't actually say if you're underage uh, because we've marked our channel eighteen plus. So mm-hmm. if you come in our chat and say that you're under eighteen, we can get in trouble. So uh, we don't know how old people are. Most most are our age. I think most people are in their 30s. Oh. Maybe that just means that they like our sense of humor. Yeah. So that appeals to them. But I think it's quite young. There's a lot of gamers. There's a lot of like edgelords out there. So I think it's probably from 14 to, I mean, we have 60 year olds in our chat. Wow. So any, anywhere in that, yeah. it's definitely 90% male. We have, we have seven, 70 year olds in our chat. Yeah. Like there's there's some boomers even and your dad we don't know how they got there yeah. but there's there's boomers they, there. they didn't yeah. they didn't explain themselves they managed yeah I don't, I don't I don't know how they got there but they managed. I feel yeah. I feel like too much of a boomer to understand Twitch so and I'm not a boomer so well I have to say the fir- I I'm I'm also writing a, a um some sort of a thesis about this about this theater form basically and uh, the way that i'm i'm writing it is also in a like a, like an anthropologist who encounters a new a new culture somewhere uh, well new for for the anthropologist obviously and uh, at first it for me it felt like like a strange encounter with a people that i didn't know anything about i didn't know how to say hello i didn't know what information to pay attention to what what was the the window of possibilities of communicating with them and uh it's it's just like a new language that you have to learn somehow mm-hmm. and then because this the language you speak with each other on twitch is also it's it's also more visual because there's a lot of emotes like emojis yeah and you can't write long paragraphs that's kind of taboo like don't write yeah. long paragraphs because the, in order to have this interaction, it has to be kind of quick back and forth. And anytime we read uh, mostly a lot of our comments out loud so that people can follow what we're saying and thinking. And if you write a paragraph and you make me read it out loud, you're taking time away from other people. So there's there's these kind of like unspoken rules also um, about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but like to, to, at first, it's so fucking overwhelming. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say yes. that. <laughs> the podcasts podcast. don't have okay. algorithms. They are the one last place okay. on the internet. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> the last bastion of American freedom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so overwhelming because you just don't know where to look. Yeah. You, you don't know. You don't know what is the important, the important information that you need in order to interact, but eventually you do. And then it's, and then it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love being on Twitch. It's a crazy little kingdom with, with weird things happening yeah. all the time. And I have to say that for the most part, we are unusual on Twitch. And mostly yeah. it's like gaming and, and all most sorts of other things. Yeah, most content sucks. Yeah, most content's very 
uh, boring or just Terrible. if you want to watch games, that's what you go there for. But there are a lot of, you know, or several artists and musicians moving into Twitch. So I have to say we are on that frontier creatively before a lot of other people Definitely. are. I haven't seen many uh, rituals and magic done on Twitch, though. Yeah. I think you were trying to get me. Stuff. Were you trying to get me to do that at one point, or I think somebody else was? And I, I probably us. I, I think I refused, but. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. Or Maybe. it was in an art gallery. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. What was the request? The. I can't remember now. On the way. It was some exorcism. Oh, for the exorcism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You were afraid. I'm. I'm. Yes. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm also just shy, so you know. But you shy? Uh-uh. Come uh, on. <laughs> doing wait, waving wands in public? Yes, that's only behind closed doors. So yeah. <laughs> so you said you're working on a, a. So if you were to succinctly explain your what your thesis coming out of this is, like from an anthropological standpoint, like do you have that clarified? Yeah. Yeah, well, well we yet. did we did a basically a 32-hour live stream and yes. that was just a wealth of uh things things we learned and Rose just picked that one uh to kind of focus on for like what the hell is performance anymore. What did you conclude? Um <laughs> so many things, in so many things. Also, so yeah. it's still in process. I haven't finished this thesis yet. I'm still writing it. But it's basically this. I think it's the performance of the future in the form of a dialogue. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's curated reality. It's yeah. um, we we don't we we want. I think we don't want things to be scripted anymore. And if it's scripted, we want it. We want it to be. I don't know, still wild and hidden or something, or maybe amoral. I don't know. It's uh, I, I I don't have a final conclusion yet. Have you read Antonin Artaud ever? The Theater of Cruelty. Oh yeah, yeah. the Theater of the I don't know, Cruelty. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you have you yeah, thought yeah. about any 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 of that or other like classic theater theories in relation to Twitch? Well, I I think this thirty one hour stream that we did was definitely inspired by Artaud. Okay. Like, uh, what I really like about Arto is that he's this, this, uh, theater. I, I think I told you about him. Yeah. That you, if you set really strict rules for yourself, for, for yourself, then you can look for the extremity within these rules. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like this 31 hour stream we did, we, we were not allowed to leave the stream for the amount of time that our audience want, wanted us there. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, the concept is just really basically a subathon. Is something where there's a timer always running yeah. at the top, and whatever they donate in in the various forms of Twitch currency adds time onto yeah. the the clock. So basically, in theory, you go as long as your audience is willing to torture you or whatever <laughs> to yeah. put you through. So basically, we put ourselves in a prison. Yeah, like in the prison is this frame that E-girl you see prison. us in. Yeah, and uh, this this became kind of uh, a they could torture us and and they they actually also did because we were really tired we were really overstimulated at a certain point yeah they can play songs to keep us awake we didn't want to be there anymore and then there it became this this battle between them also to like rescue us or damage us even more and i think this 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 cruelty also comes in here that we 
that it's interesting to notice that you also kind of want to torture your performer because mm-hmm. huh. this is the ultimate power. Yeah. To if you're influence. Able, if, yeah. You'll, if you are able to hurt them, us. So what? Then, yeah. So what did you, what, what, what were your takeaways? That's such an intense experience. I mean, well, first of all, what did you feel like after 32 hours? It must have been. Well, the end, the end was really funny, actually, and pretty, pretty uh, apt for what our concept is. At the end, they could tell because they're giving us basically money to support us. But by giving us money to support us, they're also putting more time on the clock. So by doing that, it's actually like paradoxical where they want to help us out and give us money, but they actually can clearly see because we didn't hide it that we didn't want to be there anymore. And so at the end, we kind of went through this thing of like Rose did like a guided meditation almost to our death. It became euthanasia. Yeah, it became euthanasia where we just wanted to let us, we wanted them to let us pass away. Let us go. Let us this go. Is, um, this sounds like amazing theater. And they wanted to show their appreciation by donating. <laughs> but by donating, they were hurting us while we were also grateful. Yeah. So we got ourselves in like a emotional cluster of contradictions. And this, for me, is the best theater that I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. But but for me, as, as a per- performer, I think noticing or having the experience of really don't wanting like not liking what you're doing when it's painful when you're uncomfortable when you think that your content is really bad because you're grumpy and you're kind of cussing at chat at, at the people yeah in your in your audience it gave me kind of a an an, an uh mind opener eye opener that you don't necessarily have to be um positive likable or or nice yeah to your it's you the the relationship you have with your audience is is not one that you have with your friends or with people on the street you can i think it yeah it feels a little bit like you are there as a performer to evoke uh emotions with uh, and and not necessarily the good ones all the time all yeah. the time yeah it's it was real it was about yeah. as real as it could get because you know we woke up in the morning we didn't have makeup on we were in our bathrobes they we were just woke up after five hours of shitty sleep because all the lights were on so they could see us they could torture us with sounds while yeah. we were sleeping they were just putting paragraphs of like weird porno in the in the in the chat so that would it would read out loud because we have tts we have text to speech and uh, yeah, we showered on stream, of course, with bathing suits on because you can't, you cannot. Unfortunately, like yeah. I would have. Yeah. Not allowed. And uh, so we are basically just doing this for 30, 32 hours, uh, basically. And uh, yeah, at the end, actually, it was, it got funnier because we were a little bit angry and grumpy and uh, very salty. And actually, it also reassured us that we can completely be ourselves on stream. And that's also fine. So it was so. Yeah, we lost the mask basically because of this experience. And it sounds like you kind of like drew some personal feeling and personal strength from that at the end. Yeah. And it made it more personal also. So what do you feel like after kind of absorbing this experience which sounds so intense on so many different levels and so many intense dynamics what 
were, what do you feel your takeaways were from that? What did you learn about your audience or yourself? The strongest thing that I think we have in this in this artistic partnership is our relation to each other. That that's the, really where the magic is between the two of us, and that's what everyone is there for. They throw stuff at us to see what happens between the both of us. Our relation to each other. There's this, like, the special magic is between Rose and I. That's that's I think the thing that can't be found anywhere else because sometimes we do solo streams. And and it's fun and it's a way to maintain the community. But everyone shows up for for the both of us. It's it's just a dynamic. I think I think that's the the best part about what we have going here. Is it's the dynamic. So within this experience, you felt like you explored that more. Or yeah, that yeah. that I could see that that's really the thing. Like no matter what's going on, even though we're grumpy or walking around the Hague with our audience, it's just that that I can see why they're there. And that's it's it's whatever's between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's it's that the 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 improvisation can just uh, derail yeah. or something like uh, that. The the things you don't plan, if you just have a have a an open tentacle, yeah, for. F- finding the the improv gems or something like the, yeah. the the little little niches or creases you can dive into is like in this in this form of theater the improv interactive improvisation that's that's where the the magic is i think interesting and then i think i learned to be more radical in that or more extreme how so Because you get a little crazy after a couple of hours mm-hmm. and you kind of forget that you're performing sometimes. So I maybe a, a performance only gets good for us after five hours. Yeah. But we never really cross that boundary. So we're always in the safe space or in the safe, like, no, oh, no, I'm getting tired. So I stop. Or you do uh, yoga in front of the moon to a blue velvet tune in a, in a leather cat suit, you know? Yeah. Like- you gotta wait twenty five hours for that to which happen. Which got DMCA'd, which I'm very sad about because oh, no. it was the entire soundtrack to Blue Velvet. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, are you? Do you know the concept of the third mind? No. So this was something that William S. Burroughs and Brian Geisen wrote about a lot in the '60s and '70s, and it's basically what you're exactly what you're saying. It was the idea that when you have two artistic collaborators together then a third mind arises that is kind of like an egregore mm. or it's the it's something more than the sum of its parts that is only created as kind of this autonomous intelligence that is that is separate from the individual people collaborating and mm. that's what i was thinking of as you were talking about and also when you're talking about kind of the that forming between you and your audience it sounds like as the third collaborator yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really feels like the 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 creation is is between us, like in like in the space between. There's Sybil, there's me, there's the audience, and then there's somewhere in between. That's where the creation is. Yeah, and and also when we come up with something together and and then we try it out, it it ends up being kind of epic sometimes. Yeah. Like like there's this one character 
we, for a while, we we had always kind of thrown this name around, like Uncle Duncan and the and and the art band or whatever. So just Uncle Duncan. I don't know, whatever. It was just we thought it sounded funny phonetically. And Uncle then, Duncan. Yeah, I think I'd started because I typed in Uncle Duncan in Google Translate, and then I read it out loud. And yeah. Then- the lady pronouncing it was kind of like a like a rhythm that was funny, like Uncle Duncan, Uncle Duncan, and then it became a person's name. I don't know. Yeah. And, yeah, and then and then we just came up with this. I don't even know. It was like a goal. We always have goals for new costumes, new new things. <laughs> and then somehow this character got invented called Uncle Duncan, and it's basically it's it's Rose. It's me dressed up as a as some sort of a very pervy monk that comes like and visits spot. his niece me at certain times of the year and and once that this uncle duncan appeared on stream like it it no one has forgotten about it and it's just become this real person that that rose is disassociating with she's like i don't know where uncle duncan is uh it's not me because it's not rose when she's there you know and it was just created between all of this just pulling ideas down from separate things and it just becomes like this epic this epic yeah. thing that happens and now every time they also ask like how is uncle duncan What's and then we up come to? up with some sort of a backstory yeah. so now we we this this uncle duncan is a is a person who has history yeah, deep lore. Uh, so yeah. who who is Uncle Duncan, and what is it? see now? I'm interested too. Like, what's the lore of Uncle, Uncle Duncan? Duncan? He's gonna he's gonna escape uh, into this podcast. Monk? Uncle Duncan is a monk. He lives in mon- mon- monasteries. Yeah, he lives know. in a monastery. Monastery yeah. in the Alps, and he is Sybil's uh, uncle. Yeah, uh, but her entire family doesn't really talk to Uncle Duncan anymore. But and then he he just was was wor- in this monastery. But then Corona hit, yeah, and uh, everyone died in the monastery yeah. because they weren't vaccinated. Yeah, so there was no money anymore. So he had to go away, and then he knocked on Sybil's door because she's his only relative who will still talk to him sometimes yeah. to stay over at her place for a while. Yeah, and then uh, he brings a lot of presents, and then every time she has to unwrap a present, she has to sit on his lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very inappropriate and sometimes he plays a flute solo for her <laughs> right yeah and then uh he goes he, he borrows her toothbrush yeah and uh, he's like he sleeps on the couch but then he crawls into her bed at night oh my it's God. very inappropriate this is extremely yeah. and then he leaves again but you never really know when he's gonna come back no and so we also like to kind of set up scenarios where when they least expect it uh-huh there he is and then they're like oh my god he's back <laughs> it's just a lot of fun that you can just kind of create these crazy yeah. performances within uh, within an online community i'm afraid yeah. of uncle duncan now i'm and, yeah, and everyone yes. is afraid of uncle duncan. I, and i'm kind of like yeah. worried he's gonna show up I, I we we don't know but if he does like some people even say that he uh like even though he needs to be celibate some people say that there's a little uh a little uncle what was his name Lil Duncan oh, Lil Duncan <laughs> Lil Duncan and he might world. show up one day also <laughs> we don't know I'm <laughs> I'm scared <laughs> Well, as you're talking about as you're talking about this and you're explaining this, it's like I feel like I have a completely new understanding of what you're doing, and it, it is freaking epic. And I think that it's not only a thousand percent magic 
like a thousand percent. I mean, it's like the best type of real time. And, and the fact that it's in real time on the internet is completely new. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's very new. I'm, yeah. you know, my major obsession in life is combining, combining, you know, the, the tried and tested ancient magic with cutting edge technology, which you're definitely doing. Yeah. And the other thing that is really interesting about it is it reminds me of all the most interesting experimental theater like the bits of theater that kind of like have the potential of like crossing into crossing from being theater into something much more shamanic for lack of a better word and something mm -hmm. that maybe even gets possibly out of control of the people that created it. And the, the thing that I'm thinking of is uh, Genesis, Genesis yeah. Purage always used to tell me about in the sixties, she lived in a commune called the exploding galaxy which was basically a theater, from what I understand, it was a theater collective that all lived together in one house as a commune. And the house was full of, they just had tons and tons and tons of clothes and different costumes that they had assembled. And the rule in the commune is you could live there, but you could not be, the, you were not allowed to be the same person more than one day. Every every day you wow. would have to create a new character from their kind of their wardrobe oh, I love that. and and be yeah. that character. But everyone was doing this. So it was never the same people the same day. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also what we want to do, basically. But in in less elegant terms, it's it's like a called a hype house. A hype these house days where a lot of yeah. streamers live together oh, yeah. and of course they're they're making content or whatever yeah. but like this concept anyway we love the idea of living with other streamers in order to kind of make these sorts of things happen and and i love the idea of having a lot of just clothes and costumes laying yeah. around because really you never know what happens and even when we go on just like casual vacations we end up with characters like for example rose has a character called courtney in america oh, yeah. like we were doing this even before we were on twitch so yeah. this is, seems very natural for us she is engaged yeah but who is courtney and who is she engaged to she's she's engaged to a marine <laughs> yeah okay and uh she's very conservative and she loves the cracker barrel she loves cracker barrel <laughs> <laughs> she has a big ass engagement ring. Yeah. She shows it to everyone. She takes pride in having shot some alligators. Yeah. <laughs> this is is this how everyone in Europe sees America? Maybe it's, 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 yeah. It's, I, yeah. There, there's there's truth to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she has a she has like a pro gun hat that she bought at Walmart. And also. she will definitely uh, she signed up for Naked and Afraid also with her fiance. Yeah, is that is that a is that a reality with show? Your fiance, yeah, the yeah. TV show. Yeah, it's one of her favorite shows. Naked. What, and Afraid, what is that yeah. show? I'm woef woefully. You take behind. off your clothes and you go to the swamps and survive for 23 days. <laughs> it's terrible. So who who is her husband? Is he a gator? Brandon. 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 That's all. Oh, that was his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Brandon. Yeah. And he's in the military. Yeah. Yeah, and they never see each other. Never. So. That also sounds like a lot of military couples. I That's hate to the say. success of their of their relationship. Yeah. Also, she gets to brag about him and not deal with his bullshit. That's, He's gone. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, the idea of everyone like I haven't heard the phrase hype house, but I have heard of influencer houses, and which is yeah. like yeah bizarre. But like now that you're talking about it, I, like 
yeah, there could be like a lot of really exciting art coming out of something like that. I know when, when I was, yeah. when I, I, I was at one point looking for a, an apartment in the Valley in Los Angeles and I ended up going to an apartment that was currently owned by an influencer who I don't know who she was, but she had like something like 60 million followers on Instagram. I was just not, that's not my world, but she, it was amazing because she had more clothes than I've ever seen. And mm. there was just a whole room that had maybe probably 800 bits of clothing and just like probably a hundred different wow. shoes and things like this. And the whole wow. room the, the or the entire house or apartment rather was filled with quote unquote product. It was like all this stuff that oh, people God. were sending her. And so there was just all these unopened boxes and it was the most artificial house I'd, I'd ever seen. She had, she had, photos up with like photo frames like literally with the picture in it that it came with and it just seemed like and 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 the the most depressing part was that she had a kid who was literally sleeping on the floor in a nest of product like just like that's so poetic yeah it was super disturbing but it was just like yeah it's a poem it's a capitalist poem yeah yeah, it's just like a nest yeah. had been built from these kind of like unopened like perfume bottles and things like oh. pack boxes and things like that. <laughs> it, was, it was really bizarre. And I literally don't remember who she was, so I'm not libeling anyone. But yeah, well, it's not libel because it was actually true. I just literally it was just kind of, you know, somebody who's famous for being famous on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, ever from but I think approaching that type of experience from well you're already doing it you know approaching that type of experience from a magical or experimental experimental theater perspective is super interesting yeah it's the the best part about having this sort of hype house is that of course you rely a lot on technology now so it's better if you have all these things in place all of these technology and the internet and all lights and, and a stream deck and, and, you know, all these, all of these things are already set in place yeah. so that all you have to do is just turn it on and then, and then just start the whole thing. So it's, it takes, it takes a lot of money also to ha- build these things and build these studios. Cause it's basically running a TV studio from your house. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it just makes more sense that if you just have one thing that's in place and then you can invite whoever to come through and, and just kind of perform. Yeah. Like a, like a commune. Yeah. I think we, we are actually starting a commune yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. That, becoming this, that's this the dream. Yeah. Virtual theater comedy a little bit. And then we do play different characters every day, but we don't necessarily create them ourselves. We create them together with uh, the audience, I think. Yeah. So is the plan to kind of live in or build one of these hype houses? And yeah, I kn- by the way, I know how expensive and difficult this is. We're, we're building a whole studio here just to do yeah. just to do courses and stream live courses. And it is ridiculously hard and expensive. So yeah. I, yeah. yeah. A little bit has to go a long way in the beginning. But it's definitely the dream to yeah. uh, to start an internet commune in, in the middle of the forest, <laughs> green screen illusion castle, with a big ass internet pole in our garden and just uh, stream. Would it be possible yeah. to do a virtual commune where the cameras are on all the time, but everyone's living together in virtual space? Well, in yeah. Well, space, actually, yeah. what we're what we're what we're trying to do, what we what we've started a little bit, but we we we're we're not there yet to completely execute the idea. But we wanna we wanna found a church. Yeah. 
and we want to make the the like the place of visitation we want to make that the url like we want to make that the a website but we have to figure out if there uh, if it's possible because of the legislation cannot i don't know if you can actually found a church yet that only exists virtually but we are we are in this process the church of satin the church of satin <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I'm sure you. Our luxurious lord. Our luxurious yeah. lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a church that that uh, worships uh, humor, comedy, irony. Yeah, yeah. sounds good to and me. The flesh. Oh, even better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can yeah. definitely do it in the U.S. and you can get tax exemption if you do it. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, that's that's what Scientology did. <laughs> you literally don't. That's why all these yeah. people are so rich in the U.S., like Joel Osteen and people like that. I, it's it's ridiculous. They they're like flying on gold airplanes and things like that just because they don't pay. That's taxes. how we're going to get Rose uh, admitted into the country. She's going to be the. You have to f- give a visa to your lead church figure. Oh, oh yeah? absolutely. Yeah. That's how Osho. That's oh, how Osho. Am I going to get into an, as some sort of a priestess? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's amazing. You're the only one that can fill that position. So nice. I can be like the the comedy priestess. Yeah. Well, we already have members, but we haven't really figured out the entire concept yeah. yet. But a church is coming. Interesting. Is coming. Well, well, I, yeah. I will, I will be your parishioner, and in the in the U.S. There's I, I of course I've never looked into this certainly, but in the United States mm-hmm. you can if you the you can legally become a religion if you have a board of twenty five members and you have a holy text you legally have to have a holy oh, holy great. scripture. I have already yeah, all of that. What yeah. is the holy text of the Church of Satan? All hail our luxurious Lord. So what was it? Like a Bible, like a text, like a Bible. Oh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that. Yeah. No, no, no problem. Maybe it could just be like a collection of memes printed out. No, exactly. Yeah, we have a Discord. Just print that out. There it is. Yeah, and like the relics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. Yeah. Very busy Discord. I, yeah. I will definitely join, even if you just do it online. Sounds like sounds sounds fun. We, we already have people joining. They can, they can pick the role they want themselves yeah. we tried to get you to be an exorcist but you were shy well you can you can fulfill another role in our yeah, church we'll have to find something i i you can choose whatever you want well we have a long I'm, i keep meaning to be on your i you, you've invited me many times to play dead by daylight with you on on your stream yeah. but i have been on a quest for a dongle that i have not yet yeah you know, for a long i'm trying time. to get my dongle for connecting a PS4. They're, they're everywhere, those dongles. You just point and click on Amazon and the, your dongle will arrive before you even know yeah. it. Yeah, so it's, I'm just one dongle away from at least being streaming games with, with you, which sounds really fun. And One dongle away. One dongle yeah. away. And, and when you explained that also, it was super interesting, and I'd never thought about it before, the, the like playing games with people where you, you, I think, said to me at one point that, Twitch is really interesting and positive overall because people are just there to play games and kind of share the play experience. And yeah. that was super interesting to me because I definitely, in my way of thinking, I think people are basically at their best when they're playing and mm-hmm. also when it's funny, when they're, they're humorous, but when it's, when they're, they're, they are removed from the kind of stress of having to normally socialize and they can just be other characters and play like we do when we're kids and do you know Hideo uh, Hideo Kojima 
Sounds familiar. He is like a yeah. super famous game designer that did Metal Gear Solid and oh, Death yeah, yeah, Stranding, yeah. which is I recommend to everyone. It's like one of the most profound. It's just a very profound piece of art, Death Stranding. You drew him solid snark. Or solid whatever. snark. <laughs> that was that was one of his characters. Oh, solid really? Snake. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. Very popular. He is super interesting to me because he also just recently tweeted the. A, the book of the law in japanese which was very confusing and people oh. were like no that's black magic you'll go down the dark path it's pretty funny oh but he also just won the like the highest cultural award in japan for artistic achievement basically but he he has this really interesting concept or it's not necessarily his concept but he leans on it a lot called homo ludens which yeah. forms you know this what's that the 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 playing uh, the, the human as a as a as a playing uh, entity oh, like this okay. is this is what we are as a species. Mm. I don't remember who 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 came up with this term. Apparently, it was a book. Sheila. I don't know, but there was a book in the early part mm-hmm. of the 20th century. I keep it's in my Amazon basket. I keep meaning to buy it, but I think the original the idea was kind of like that people dismiss play as frivolous and a waste of time mm-hmm. because it's non-productive because it's meaningless. Right. It doesn't serve a purpose. And I yeah. think this author said like actually no, like you know homo ludens is, you know, man who plays is a much, you know, happier and kind of more advanced evolutionary state than Yeah, we're not beasts anymore if we're playing. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's liberating. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to obey the rules that you uh, that you have that you have set for yourself, or that society have set for yourself for 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 us. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a wild card. It's a it's an out, an exit of obedience. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I love that. At least that's what it feels like for me. So it's like a way to escape, at least for, you can escape control for at least for a brief period of time. Or find find the boundaries of it. Huh. Yeah. Because also when when two dogs are playing together, they're trying to find each other's boundaries of when it, when, when the playing goes too far. And, and, and then they have the signifying of when that, when that happens. And that's also fun, you know, when we're on Twitch, when, when it goes too far, or like trying to find those boundaries of playing or, mm-hmm. Or something like That's that, because you know, one time we had this, we had this, uh, yeah, we had this person in chat who who was talking to us, and we thought he was joking. We thought he was <laughs> doing funny. a bit with us, and then it, and then it turned out that actually he was like uh, super offended, and 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 it, it turned really sour really fast for all of us. And and also this other time, we were we were doing this live stream with someone. And, oh, and they yeah. they had said, okay, uh, this is I want to set these uh, rules where where you are basically uh, punishing me on my birthday. I want you to be the dummy mommies for me on my birthday. And we're like, all right. And and we and we were doing the game. And all of a sudden, when the rules are taken, when the rules are when when consent is no longer a thing but you don't really say that we didn't have consent anymore it it really we felt like apart. he didn't want to be dominated yeah even though he said he i don't know yeah so the the rules of playing only work when the two parties are agree upon it also and and that's very interesting to figure it out when it goes wrong interesting yeah it's it's funny yeah that that sounds stressful <laughs> 
It was very and it was live. It's front and it's in front of other people, so everyone's watching the cringe just happen before their eyes. And 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 major cringe fest. (laughs) It's like up to us to be like, um, do we like reality check this or do we try to play it off? So it's it's very interesting. Was there a safe word? No, which Ah. we learned from. We learned there needed to be. Yeah. Interesting. So he just got his buttons. He just got pushed further than he thought he was ready for no we he just didn't want to play oh okay the he just didn't want to play and even though he came up with this uh arena this scenario uh he wasn't playing back anymore so it just looked basically like we were bullying the shit out of Mm. him live on stream we looked so mean yeah oh my god (laughs) terrible it wasn't cool like his entire community hated us wow do you feel though that like when like I hadn't thought about that either when you when when you brought up the point of play as a way of people finding each other's boundaries and yeah. maybe in a maybe even if it's awkward it's still within a safer context than if it was in for instance the work environment or the real world yeah. you know, people get yeah. to discover themselves in that way and even that experience is probably very you know pr- profoundly educational and and yeah. and it's interesting that you bring up the thing about dogs doing this. It's like because I've been taking my dog to the dog park for the first time. He's growing up so fast. Oh my god! And so I'm just like sitting there watching this. I was last night. I was just like sitting there watching in real time this dog that's pretty much just been sheltered by me run around with like twelve other dogs, all of which are three times his size. And you know re- they rough him up a lot, and then but he loves it because he kind of figures out where he stands in the world, and it's I and then he they all they do this thing where they run around in a circle, all sniffing each other's butts at the same time, which is hilarious. <laughs> but it's interesting watching it. You know, I'm socializing him, so it's interesting watching this process of socialization where he tests other dogs' boundaries, they test his, and they mm-hmm. figure out they figure out really quick what to do and not, what not to do, and that seems to be like very calming for them. Like, cause now they know yeah. like they, they've, they've ascertained all that stuff and then now they can just kind of yeah. get on with it. Yeah. Really interesting. So in that, in that sense, <clears throat> probably. Oh. Pl- oh, what? You froze. Oh, oh no, okay. I'm back. So I would guess that play is like just totally necessary for people probably. I can't, I, I cannot go without I, it's, it's, I feel like I'm, for me, playing feels more real than not playing. I feel like the, the fake version of me is that's the one that's the most serious. Yeah. Playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you play for, you play yeah. for keeps. Yeah. What's you play that? for keeps. You, you, you play to win. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is very poker face. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. I, I I definitely plan to at least play Dead by Daylight with you. I just have to get the the dongle. Yeah, let's murder each yeah, other. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. awesome. I I don't. I I totally stop. I I really love video games. Like I really do. I I feel that they're such an advanced art form, and I get a sense of release from them that I don't with other art forms because i'm engaged with it maybe because i'm just kind of naturally fidgety so i have something to fidget with the controller but Mm -hmm. but video games Mm -hmm. are such kind of like a lonely they can be such a lonely experience so even if you're kind of playing multiplayer online and twitch seems to turn it into something totally different 
Yeah. And, and also that's, I love video games as well, but for a lot of people, it's a form of escapism mm-hmm. and, and it's just very convincing escapism. Like the more beautiful the game is, the, the, the more you can kind of let yourself kind of slip away into this world. And, and it, it's happened for me and a few games, for example, like Skyrim, I really spent like three months straight playing, playing Skyrim Elder Scrolls and it still happens to me. I grew up I grew up playing video games, so I definitely can see the beauty of it and also when you just actually should be doing other things. <laughs> so it it's a it's really back and forth for me because I admire the creative uh, like uh, amalgamation of all these artists working together and the storyboarding and then and all of these uh these things happening and the narrative and the choices you can make in, in these video games, but on the other hand, Rose doesn't really like video games because she she is basically I look at it as she's kind of the one that's responsible <laughs> for doing the imagining and I am much more willing to play inside someone else's imagination. And and Rose likes to create that world. I don't enjoy immersion. Why not? Because it takes away my my criticism. And and uh, I feel like that's that's what I always play with. Like uh, if I if I'm not aware of the rules or the the rules of the universe, then I then I cannot play in that universe or something. So immersion is is boring for me because then I just replaced this confusing world with another world that makes a little bit more sense. But then I don't, don't trust that world anymore because it gets real or interesting for me when it is confusing i don't know if that makes uh-huh. sense but um i i mm, but for, this is also just as as an artist where i get my my artistic drive from or where my inspiration comes from it comes from being confused and if a world makes too much sense then uh, i'm bored i think so, so so you you're you like rules but you want there to not be rules I I want to fight the rules. Okay. I want to I want to doubt the rules. I want to I want to look for the 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 contradictions within the rules or the the spaces between them. Yeah. When, and this is also like talking about Arto, like the the more the more strict your rules are, the the better you can uh rebel or the better you can um uh, uh, radicalize within it. That's so interesting. Yeah, there's so much. There is a concept in this. Reminds me of there's something in kind of game theory or theory about people playing games, not mathematical game theory, that relates to this. And I forget where it's from for, and I can't remember who said it. But at one point, I was reading somebody was kind of theorizing about games, and I take like a lot about from a magic from games. I think it's you. You really can learn a lot, but. Or, or not learn a lot. They're just so analogous. But this person was saying that there are, they were categorizing the different types of players of games. And there are players that basically see their opposition in the game. They're playing against the game pieces. Like if you're in a, you're in a game that you're trying to do a single player and you're, you're fighting the enemies coming at you. Then there are players who play against each other mm-hmm. and they want to win against the other person that's playing it. And then there's players who play against the game itself. They want to break the rules mm. of the game. And that's the most interesting. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. I think, huh. right? That's like speed running, also. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and for me, huh. that obviously applies to yeah. life, and I've always lived life as I'm playing against the game itself, <laughs> you know, which is magic. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think most artists in general play that way. Yeah, interesting. Definitely, yeah. It's a definitely a more artistic, or you know, I feel that people who would play a game that way would be artists or game designers in the making you know because then that's a whole other level of play is you start creating your own games or yeah. a computer programmer or something like that somebody who wants to break the system but this obviously applies to life as well the other thing from game theory that has really been part of the has just been a cornerstone of magical thinking since the 60s do you know james carr's finite and infinite games Mm-hmm. Oh, super good. You should read it. It's a very short book and and it's just like one of the most useful things in life to frameworks to think about. Or I could just basically it's 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 pretty simple. It's that there are two types of games. Finite games, which is games that have an ending, you play them to win. Like Super Mario Brothers 3, for instance, or I'm showing my age here, but you know, that like you're playing or any single player campaign game, you're playing to win the game. And there's a specific win condition. That's a finite game. And there's lots of things in life like that too. Then there are infinite games, which are games that you play because you enjoy them and you want to play them forever. Like you're playing just... Is that like No Man's Sky or something like that? Or like these epic algorithmic games that never end? Yeah, I guess. Or like like, like open world, like sandbox games maybe. Yeah. 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 And so that is also super interesting in life as well. Like identifying things that you do within your own life. Cause I, my view is just everything, like literally everything is a game. Social interaction is a game. Obviously jobs are a game. Relationships yeah. are a game. Everything's a game. And that's not a bad thing. It's like, are you playing games with me? No, it's like, that's not a bad thing. It's just like a much, it's just like a much more, I think, empowering framework to look at life. And it's also just true that, and this was big in the 70s, a transactional analysis. It was a big psychotherapeutic concept of, of observing people's behaviors, not from the perspective that, oh, they're enacting childhood trauma or whatever, or unconscious, you know, Freudian type stuff, but basically just observing people's, the things that people do as games. They're playing a game. Everything that people yeah. do makes sense as a move within a game that they may be playing with or without yeah. other people. And I think that's, really useful framework to look at things it's the sorry ah, the dog was just chewing in the microphone yeah i, I have heard it i have that i did not i have that exact same issue <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i couldn't hear it <laughs> so um, yeah my dog is starting to go go into wacky mode yeah it's it's distracting it, because it's cute it happened at the same time both yeah. of our dogs were like hello i would like attention ah uh, yes well maybe that's a sign maybe we should we should wrap it up for now although i would love to have you back on the podcast in the future yeah definitely where can people find your stream or anything else they should it's find twitch.tv slash the ghost maidens and if you just type in the ghost maidens uh you'll find us on instagram or on youtube it's just the ghost maintenance. It's three words. The and ghost don't maidens. forget the yeah. Very important. The ghost maidens. The ghost maidens. The yeah. ghost maidens. All right. And we uh yeah we stream like three times a week at the Damn. moment. And uh, is that yeah. a, how did you get to? Because I'm trying to kind of get to that with content. Well, how did you? What was the most helpful thing in doing that? Like getting to three times a yeah, week. Yeah, and is that exhausting for you? 
Um, well, it's just, it's just like setting a schedule. Uh, and then, and then you just try as hard as you can to stick to that. And, They're uh, not all as prepared and, and, and much thought through. Yeah. Because we also let that be a bit loose. Like we have yeah. goals for costumes and whenever we reach that goal, then we plan it yeah. or order the costumes or whatever. And uh, sometimes we just do just chatting with chat without really like a strong, huge concept, which is uh, enough. Uh, all sorts of things get made out of even these streams where we don't really necessarily have a plan. And then we do yeah. theme streams or sometimes the costume just makes the entire event. It's We still leave a lot up to chance, but it, it's also good when there's like a, a bit of a loose narrative to happen. And usually we do that with, with uh, sub goals and a sub goal is basically... When you say like, if, if we get this many subscriptions to our channel, then this will happen. And, and then you can kind of push a narrative in a certain kind of way like that. But Rose is really good at, at doing the narrative uh, part of the, the narrative girl. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sounds good. We will definitely have to play dead by daylight as soon as I get it, get my, get my, yeah, we're going to put each other on hooks. Just get that dongle. Gotta get the dongle. Just get that a dongle, Jason. That's, and that's the moral of the story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll see you in Vegas. Who knows? Yeah. I think, I mean, why not come and let's talk about how weird shit is in meta levels. Why yeah. Not? Well, there's the, the why not is because there's a business to run here, but we, we will be finished with the course. We by also then. have Bring your computer. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> What's the point in being a virtual wizard if you cannot work virtual remotely? Wizard in Las Vegas. Well, there's also no, we also are virtual. There's people. also COVID. I mean, you know, it's like I got to get on a plane and no, then be in Vegas. Yeah, but come on, we're not going to go to a club and spit in each other's mouths. Well, okay? I'm not definitely not coming then because that's that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> You want to? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I won't be. I'm. I'm antisocial. I won't be. Doing that. Okay. Maybe, maybe Roswell. <laughs> well, anything's possible. We'll see. All right. All right. Fun. Goodbye for now. Charlie says goodbye. Bye, Charlie. Goodbye, Charlie. Bruce is in my lap. Bruce also says All right. bye. See you later. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. All right. Hope you really, really enjoyed that. I definitely had a lot of fun in that conversation. Meet us at magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E, my school for magic, meditation, and mysticism, where you can learn all the skills you need to unleash your true self. I will see you in class. And until next time, hang in there.